Hello and welcome to In This Economy, the podcast where people from Zimbabwe and around the world discuss how they are navigating life in the current economic circumstances. With me, your host, Kim Yajeka. So for the first official episode of season four, my guests and I are discussing the economics of dating. And as always, I'm really happy and excited to share this with you. And if you're a regular listener, you know that this is a topic that I have avoided like a plague um, in the past because, you know, dating, relationships, all that kind of stuff are conversations that are recycled and kind of washed up on that we have on social media, we hear it on radio and all that stuff. But um, I thought it'd be fun to discuss this with some of my friends and we share our personal experiences with how money, class, political views, all of those things impact our dating choices and specifically what the future of dating looks like for each of us or to each of us whether in general or personally so i do hope you enjoy and i would love to hear from you i'd love to hear your experiences your feedback with a dating in this economy the economics of dating and how you know the different things we talk about have impacted your dating experiences so please do let me know what you think i love your comments your engagements and uh, you can find us on social media at In This Economy Podcast on Instagram and follow me, your host, at Kimya Jeka on Twitter. And as always, let's keep the conversation going. So without further ado, wait, did I get my answers? No, no. All right. So without further ado, uh, let's get straight into the episode. Enjoy. So, back by popular demand to talk about the economics of dating. I'm here with two of my favorite guests, some that you have just requested a lot, responded well to. I think the last episode we did together is the one I got like the most feedback on. Really? Yeah. Nice. I love that for us. Back by popular demand. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Reintroduce ourselves. Reintroduce yourself. I feel like please. we are regular. What is it called when you keep? We're features. Back? Regular features. Regular features. I'll think of it. But anyway, cameos. I'm there. No, not cameo. Guest stars. There we go. Guest host. We are resident. Don don. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, I'm Nash, Nasipi, Nash, just call me Nash, and uh, yeah, back for round two. Mm-mm. I am Namakando, but everybody calls me Nama, but you know what, I prefer Kando, actually. But I was about to ask, what happened right? to you Kando? a rebrand. Yes, do you know, it's too. not, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't catch on, because the only call people that, Kando. like, call mm. me Kando are my family like my dad's side and mm-hmm. one of my best friends mm-hmm. he consistently calls me kando i remember calling you kando at a bride it was just <laughs> yes, <laughs> child. kando kando yeah i think i, I was because like, <laughs> i'm not used to people around you calling me that that's mm-hmm. the thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kando. all right cool 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 so this topic is one everyone knows on this podcast i've strayed away from talking <laughs> about dating right because I just don't want to add to conversations that have already been had. They're conversations mm. we always have on social media. Mm. So the first time I had an episode about dating, I was talking about like just 
economic expectations of mm. dating and like oh who pays for a date why letting girls pay for dates is not feminist blah 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 so with this i just wanted to talk from y'all experiences i know nash is a whole married woman <laughs> but like new experiences of dating how things like privilege class all of those impact our experiences with dating and in some interested in some instances marriage mm-hmm. if you're com- as much as you're comfortable sharing of course but Please feel free. This is a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. My very first question for you guys is, how does money, class, or someone's occupation impact your dating options? Does it? If someone says, oh, I'm from here, everything changes, or oh, this is my job, everything changes, like, honestly, how does that impact your perceptions when it comes to meeting people and dating? See, the thing is... I think as much as we would like to sit here and be like, I'm... Because it sounds materialistic, (laughs) but it does. There is definitely an element of scrutiny that you put to what class somebody comes from, what job they have, Mm -hmm. or what monetary... What kind of monetary value they might bring into your life. Um, I think for me, I'm not so much about occupation, because I realize that you can make money from pretty much anything. And this is... It's just not like... Like a hustler, because that's very like <laughs> touch and go. <laughs> yes, that's, that's not consistent income. Yeah. I would not be comfortable with that. Like you could be making a lot of money, but it could be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think for me, um, your occupation so much, but I do think your class, your class more so because of how I was raised and how you were raised, and mm-hmm. I think your class is going to influence that, and that also influences your thinking and just how open-minded you are and what you've been exposed to. Um, so as I, I don't know if you want to say it's classist, but it, it does have an effect on it. It's not to say that I wouldn't date somebody from a different class. I think I would be more apprehensive about it. That's such a great answer. Like, how do I follow that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever given it much thought, if I'm being honest. Because I was actually having this conversation with my sister the other day. Mm-hmm. But if we're looking at all the people we've been with, hey, we could start a society. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> we could start a society. There's taxi drivers. There's pastors. There's rugby players. Like, it's just mm-hmm. an array of, of people. So it's really not something that I uh, was giving thought to. But... I think the more serious you become about dating and the more intentional you become about dating, then it is something that you start to think about because if you want to like have a future with this person, build with this person, then things like occupation, they, 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 they have a very, very big role. They have an impact. And even for me, it was always like, yo, how am I getting this past my parents type mm. of thing? Because they also need to be like secure in letting you go and knowing that you're going to be well taken care of. So it definitely does play a big role, occupation and, and class. But every time I have intentionally or purposefully gone for a person where I thought, okay, I'm going to be set for life here. It's giving housewife vibes. It's just, ugh. Mm-hmm. Ugh. <laughs> you, you will not believe I've had some of the best relationships with just, just a cashier, you know, just a retailer. Mm-hmm. So then it really just 
just changed the way I, I, I see things or the way I go about it when it comes to this particular subject. But mm-hmm. what is more important to you? Mm-hmm. If it's going to be like financial security, then that's what I am prioritizing, what occupation he does. But if it's just to be happy and to just have peace of mind and to enjoy my journey with you, mm-hmm. then I don't want to say it's a non-factor, mm-hmm. but it's not at the top of my list. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. I think for me, uh, it does impact the way I would look at or approach people. If someone tells me that this is their job or something, I would be lying if I said, oh, okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Um, it might. But one thing I've also noticed is that when someone is particularly wealthy, that also, to me, makes me a little bit apprehensive as mm. well. Like that place that we frequent often, um, in Chizzy over there. <laughs> <laughs> the owner of that place is very wealthy. Mm. and But for all intents and purposes, you'd be like, yeah, why not? But I'm just like, eesh, guys, that's a bit, it's a bit too wealthy. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like they have a little bit too much money to, regardless of whether they're hustling or something, there's also a point where <laughs> someone's income, because they're so financially well off, you kind of side eye it like, mm. Is it all legal? Is it all legal? <laughs> and then on top of that, I would say if I met like the one time I dated this really, really rich, generational wealth white guy in uni mm. and he was so problematic and I would be like, I'd never date someone like this again. Mm. And it was because of their wealth, their class, their privilege, why it didn't work. They were just mm. so blind to everything. Mm, see. They were very, very good looking, but I just couldn't. <laughs> and wealthy. And imagine. wealthy. And so when I met them, I can't say I was like fully aware of like privilege and, you know, classism and all of those kinds of things. But when you meet someone and they're like, mm, you're actually really quite problematic. And it's because of all of these things when they're more ahead of you in life Mm. it just makes them that much less attractive and i know anyone with something something the fourth at the end of their name (laughs) (laughs) it's just a problem i'm not gonna take them it's a problem like no why why are there four of you like it's a whole generation so i'm just Mm. like yeah i kind of already immediately know that this person's not the wave you know what i mean Mm. so yeah that's that's something that would impact it in a different way though aside from someone earning less than you or being from a different class than you mm. to me sometimes when they are higher or up there it's kind of like hey but also the way they just go about things people with money or people mm. of a certain class like it almost makes you feel inadequate the mm. way they will like conduct or carry themselves you know mm. where they okay for example interests you know mm-hmm. you could be interested in doing one thing and they're just like oh that is such a, it's such a poor activity. <laughs> it's such a poor activity. Yeah. Let's go yachting or whatever yeah. rich people do, exactly. you know. You'll just, I don't know, you'll just constantly feel out of place. I remember a friend of mine telling me that um, she was with, around her husband's friends, and her husband's a doctor, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all those people in the field, all those specialties and yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's there still studying. I think that's when she decided, I need to, I need to switch up my degree mm-hmm. if I'm going to fit into these people. Because she was just doing marketing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so she's around these neuro what what, cardio what what, oncology what what, you know? And she's like, the conversation would just be so short. Like, <laughs> we, cannot, we cannot continue further because I don't know whether it's because of their occupation 
they just hold themselves to such a high esteem Mm -hmm. and it just makes you feel like you just don't fit in. Mm -hmm. And I would hate to live a life where you just constantly out of place Mm -hmm. with your person, you Mm -hmm. know? So it definitely plays a huge role. I think so. I think so. I think in my experience with dating someone particularly wealthy, I feel like we had a lot of similar interests, right? Mm -hmm. Like um, we had the same taste in music, Mm. all of that kind of stuff, and it was great. But it was when he would say stuff like, I wouldn't mind my wife working if she must. If she must. If she must. It would be saying something about like, wait, you don't mind... Sorry, what, what was there to mind? So to mm. me, it wasn't like the conversations. You could just tell we're not on the same wavelength. Yeah. Tiny, like, little things, you Those know. Those tidbits yeah. are very telling. Exactly. And the conversation could be there, but you're just like, you're seeing things so differently. Yeah. And I also just hated the feeling of, it felt like this person was very, I can show you the world. Well, you know like, what? Oh it almost feels like they're doing you a, a favor, favor by being exactly. with you. Exactly. And I just didn't, it didn't sit well with me at all. Um, do you think that's why celebrities date celebrities? No, but because I'm always wondering why do, they feel I do like they need that, to date. I think other they relate A-listers. to each other a, a lot more than they would to a regular person. Because I think there's a point at which compatibility switches up as you change class and you change rank and you change your circumstances. Mm. And compatibility is a huge thing in relationships. Very huge. Yeah, I also think that they'll also date people who are also like very wealthy, mm. so that. Like you're not here for my money. Like you're not here for my money, but also you know you how to yes. like you've experienced what I'm experiencing. Yes, you've experienced, even in you know, terms like of like paparazzi be, and whatnot. You know, like, have exactly. you noticed like people like celebrities that are not about paparazzi are usually the ones that are together, and the ones that are just calling the paparazzi. Those are the ones that go for each other. And I'm like, yes, do that. Go for each other. If I get a Rolex, surely I can expect a Ferrari on my birthday. But one thing, um, I don't know if you guys know Julia Fox, the one who dated Kanye like soon after the The Kim lookalike? Not the Kim lookalike. The one before, the white one who was just, she's very odd. If you look her up, she's very... I wouldn't say, okay, maay odd isn't the right way. She's very out there. Okay, you can look Good look at Julia Fox. So what about her? Okay, so with her, what I respected is that she was dating Kanye, and she was just like, guys, I'm on a come up. Like, I'm not even, it's, I'm not trying to be like, oh, this is the love of my life or whatever. She's just like, guys, I'm on a come up. Dating Kanye West is a come up for me. And I really respected that. But obviously their relationship, whatever they were doing, didn't last. Mm, And when they broke up, she was like, guys, we weren't even in love or anything. But listen, my social status has gone up. It was strategic. Like now people know who she is. Mm, Exactly. It does, clearly. Okay. Mm-hmm. She I just looks that. like the girl next door, eh? Not even girl next door. Like, she she's she's pretty. She looks like accessible, though. It's like accessible beauty. Yes. <laughs> that, is, that is what... Because that's the thing. Like, she is pretty. Accessible I'm not going to, like, deny that. But it's not like, wow. So, okay. With all of these things in mind, like, let's say, theoretically, you meet somebody. You guys are talking. When would you say is the best time to bring up financial expectations? Is it when you guys are like officially official? Is it at the beginning of that date? Is it like ah, it's too soon? Can't be the beginning. <laughs> I think honestly, I would wait until we're like officially official, because mm. at that point I can start talking about. And even then, I don't think it would be like 
we started dating today and next week I'm telling you these are my financial expectations of you I don't know I'm just not built like that Mm -hmm. I think I would like ease into the relationship almost kind of see what you're giving naturally Mm -hmm. and I guess gauge from there if it's a conversation that we even need to have in the first place Mm -hmm. because I feel like financial conversations are very difficult to have and I would much prefer somebody that just does what I would like without me telling them it's very unrealistic and I know there are conversations that you would need to have, but there are also some people where, like, for certain things, it's just, like, it's natural to them. Mm-hmm. And that happens to be what you like, mm-hmm. so it's great. So you don't have to have it. Mm-hmm. But for me, it would be, like, a little bit into the relationship. It would definitely not be off bad. It would not be on a date. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm directly asked, I wouldn't be, like, you there, like, hello. So um, what are your financial expectations mm-hmm. if we were to start dating? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I've been doing this dating thing wrong. If I'm being honest. I don't. Yeah, no. No. All right. I don't. I mean, you are the married one here. No cap though. Honestly, these are not things I've ever thought about. Like, I'm thinking about them now and then having to backtrack. But, huh, did I ever need to have this conversation? Because I remember how confused I was when... Someone asked me why it didn't work out with like a previous person, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, ugh, complications. And then I like, just be honest, was it money? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do you mean money? Why would it be money? Like, what role does money play into it? Because it was just something I just never factored in. If you can, you can. If you can't, you can't. I think I was just always just there for vibes. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel like I'm the best person to answer this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a convers? Is it a conversation that you had in your marriage? I think it's a conversation we had to have in our marriage. But okay, who does what? Like you know, I'm a broke beat. <laughs> 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 you know, I had to resign to come here, so you don't know, be really expecting nothing point. from me. Because we were having lunch yesterday, <laughs> and Nash said that when I asked her. You know, what made you decide to move to Zim? And you were like, it wasn't even a question because it wasn't. if I if he was to move here, I wouldn't be able to support him. So mm-hmm. I would Until go. Until he gets on his feet. Exactly. It means that financially speaking, mm. what made sense was for you to move from South Africa to here. Yeah. So that's fascinating. Yeah. That was really interesting. But that's a very logical answer because I think for most people, the assumption is because everybody's trying everybody, to get out of Zim. Everybody yeah. It's always out. So it was you who came here and not <laughs> yeah, him not going around. there? Right. I was like, I, I just didn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think for me, the time, the best time to bring up financial expectations, for me personally, is going to say the first day. Like or in the talking stage, <laughs> like definitely before you're dating, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, I would say this, and what I mean, it's not like bringing it up, being like, okay, so what are your financial expectations? Because I don't know where this is going, and it's like a first mm. date. But like on a, game. on a first date, I don't pretend to take out my wallet. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Like I won't pretend to want to pay for it. Your yes. feminine energy. In yeah. Like let's see honest. what you can do. And they're like, let's see what I what present you're going is to more do. Than you know what I mean? Of course, and it's it's really interesting because for me, all of my heteronormative conditioning mm. always comes out in relationships. Yeah. Like yes. I can be, I can unlearn, and all of those kinds of things in, in friendships. Theory. In like not even in theory. 
in friendships, the way you treat people, the friends you make, the people you cut off mm-hmm. for, you know, political reasons. Like, hey, we're not on the same wavelength with this, but also that's sexist, that's racist, whatever, we're not friends. Mm-hmm. When it comes to relationships, I really find that that's where my, my heteronormative, like, conditioning comes out. That's where I'm like, okay, you're the man you're supposed to pay. You're supposed mm-hmm. to, you know what I mean? But I also think it's because that's the one that's reinforced the most. The most, Because, mm-hmm. right. I mean, in terms of, like, other kinds of relationships, like friendships, um, even like brother sister relationships, whatever platonic relationships, mm. we don't really get a lot of instruction on those. Apart mm. from like, if your mom or dad doesn't like someone, it's like, oh, don't hang out with that person. You know, mm. friends, your family is better than friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, there's not really like a lot of conditioning when mm. it comes to friends. Mm. Whereas when it comes to relationships, Yo, from birth, it is this and this and this because your future man you know your man must take care of you or this it's always somehow like it could be something completely unrelated but somehow it will be linked to a man it's funny because when I was growing up, I hated my future husband. Yeah. I think I still mom, do, to be honest. Every single time she'd be like, you, this is like this, hey, your future husband, your mother-in-law. Waking up at my this mom time. My mom still does this it. Time. She might actually be the reason I didn't end up with a closer man. I was like, <laughs> she must be talking about like, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's branch out. Branch <laughs> out. Let's not do like, that. Every time she walks into my room, she's like, oh, I feel sorry for your mother-in-law because this house is a, like your room is a mess. Mm-hmm. How are you going to keep a house? And I'd be so irritated by that. I'm like, you know, I don't even want to meet this man. It's unfortunate because in my awful. single, in my singleness now, I'm just like, yo, did I curse myself in the beginning? Like, I didn't mean it. You're speaking Whoever's into the listening. universe. Whoever's listening, it I was a joke. It. it was a joke. I, I was young. We'll I was it. naive. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, I wasn't a fan. I was not a fan. Yeah, you know. So I think it makes sense that a lot of your heteronormativeness comes out in that aspect because I think that's the one aspect that. Especially as women, I don't think it happens to men quite as much. Why don't we have a lesbian friend? I think this would be an interesting topic with like a lesbian friend because, when- like, how does it work there? Because we both the same. Mm. We both been conditioned to expect you to pay. So now what? How well, does this work? Is with it now fifty fifty there? Friends with my queer friends and people who are not in heteronormative situations. What I really admire is that their relationships appear to be like equally yoked. Like, those same expectations are not there. Of course, there's some things relationally where, you know, I notice they have to, like, figure things out. But in general, you know, when my friend does a grand gesture, their partner will do another grand gesture. Mm. And it's never, like, on a competitive thing. It's never, yeah, it's I was about love. to say. I was it's about to say. It's giving tit for tat. No, no, not even. It's just on a, I care about you, you care about me. It just seems so much more... Um, it just flows, mm. if that makes sense, because you don't have those social conditionings on top. Because that's nice. For me, I will meet a man who's like, okay, I'm not in a space to date. I like you, but I'm not in a space to date you because I don't have a job. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, but you like me. Like, mm. what's going on? You know, mm. um, that's not to say, excuse me, that queer people, if you didn't have money or whatever it is, you wouldn't refrain from dating people at all. No, but like because we have our heteronormative expectations mm. that'll impact how someone even perceives themselves as mm. being ready to mm. date mm. or not especially for men mm. because they have the pressure to be the provider yeah. they'll have the pressure to pay and you might think oh i'm hanging out with feminist kim she might be woke but if i ask her to go 50 50 her whole face is going to change she's going to make a twitter thread about me like yo guys i went on a date with this, this man. is what happened you know 
So I think there, I, there's a lot more with queer relationships. I imagine there might be a lot more communication mm. because no one's been conditioned yeah, to have it's just like, so what happens now? So what happens now? Whereas with us, it's only when um, conflict comes mm. up. That's when this becomes a discussion or that's when it becomes a conversation. And I think it's also in heteronormative situations where it becomes a standard. Like... Mm the financial expectations is one of the standards of our relationship is going here because for a long time I really believed if a man doesn't spend money on you mm. he's not serious about you wow I perhaps maybe still believe that <laughs> I hope I hope you experience. find a man that believes that too from that experience. I need to spend money on her so she knows I like, I like her. her but it's just from experience as well the people who've been very serious <laughs> on me not like or serious about me mm. not like they would be like oh here i'm spending money but like they have no issue but the people who are like mm, i, I think that's i want to do this i don't want to like the stingy i think that is the 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 key it's not about the amount that they're spending it's the ease with which they're willing to spend because you know there are some men that it could be a packet of maputi and he will be just tensing right and you're just like it's not even that much money what's the problem mm. and then there are some people who are like well it makes you happy so here you go it's just that ease where it's like it's something that you like it would make you happy so let me just do it it's not necessarily i think about the amount it's the ease of which with which they are willing to part with their money so there i would agree <laughs> mm-hmm. i wouldn't say like if you don't spend you don't care i think it's the ease with the which ease, you are yeah able to part with your money if you're parting with it like you're fighting yourself to pay for this thing whether big or small then to me that just shows like you don't feel like i'm important enough for you to need to spend that money i I like that Mm. i like that a lot i mean it's like when uh, i think it was jennifer lewis she was on a different podcast talking about how she was with this guy and every time she'd go grocery shopping she'd buy his favorite cookies or whatever mm. and then the one time he went grocery shopping he didn't get the cookies that she liked he only got the cookies that he liked himself and she was like that's when i ended that relationship <laughs> immediately because no 100 he wasn't thinking of me the way he I think nothing him. exactly no you that know? makes sense that so really that's what sense. that comment reminded me of because mm. i think it's the ease with which because the people who've been like very tense mm. i mean i've been in whole relationships with someone who's like no, I wanted to do this for you, but I didn't end up doing it because like I feel like you would just benefit the most from it. And I'm like, what? What? I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. What? Oh, story time. Okay. <laughs> so, um, you were I was dating this guy, <laughs> right? And um, I think him and a friend of mine were talking about what to get me for my birthday. And my friend was saying, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. And he was like, okay, I want to do the same thing. And she was like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. And then he was like, hey, but if she gets, like, two cakes on her birthday, she's benefiting from it. In my head, I'm like, it's it's your birthday. birthday. Are you not supposed to benefit? If she gets five cakes, that's right. I'm confused. Is that not the whole point of gifts for you to benefit? Exactly. And so I ended up getting a pretty, I, I will never be ungrateful, but I ended up getting a pretty lackluster, last minute gift that wasn't particularly well thought out. And what stopped this man from getting me a gift was that I wasn't supposed to benefit a lot. And then he so had he thought me other people were getting you gifts, getting so he gifts, didn't need so to get you a gift. So he didn't need to give me anything wow. thought out. 
just and then to top that all off when I was on the timeline on Twitter you know because one of the gifts I got was a Riso Girardi outfit Mm. and um Chantal tweeted happy birthday to me Mm. then I said oh thank you and thank you so much you know for making my outfit like the outfit my friend got for me like thank you so much for making it and she was like no worries and he's just like hey I also tried to buy you at a different time and I'm like nothing was stopping you but did it come though you tried but it didn't come though so the other one it didn't come. And it's not so, like it's going to be the same outfit anyway. Exactly. So, literally. You can get it in two different colors. colors. <laughs> you know what I mean? Y'all could be like, okay, guard for her. What? I guard for her. And this I don't know. But it was just I can't so that. off-putting. No. It no. was so off-putting. That is immediately no. Yeah. Immediately no. Okay, I stayed though. <laughs> no, but do you know what? I, I get it. I completely understand. I, I, feel, I really feel like there is certain... There's something about being in a relationship that makes you tolerate the most ridiculous things and the thing is in a friendship you wouldn't tolerate that but let it be a let man be. <laughs> i don't know what let it is because it's so hard to like let it's hard make. to think about it like it's only in hindsight where i'm like yo that should have been it like it, it is it's always because when you're in when you're in it. in it you're just like no but, but you think about that one good thing that he did <laughs> 10 months ago <laughs> And it's enough. <laughs> and that's enough. You're just like, okay, but we and can get enough. back. We can get back to that. When this 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 happens, we can get back to that. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I actually yeah. recently heard um, a term that I was like, well, this is so accurate for a lot of men um, that are, especially, I think, in like talking stages. It's called breadcrumbing. I don't know if you guys have heard mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I've been breadcrumbed so much in my life. This makes sense. What's breadcrumbing? It's essentially where a man is just not giving any effort at all (laughs) but but he will give at some point it'll be one day that he's doing the most right he's calling you he's like where are you at i want to see you like doing the most getting you gifts whatever on that one day and then for the next two or three weeks he's just very mia in and out but he's like constant enough that he's on your mind so he'll still pop in and out right where you're still thinking about him and then when you start to kind of be like you know what actually I'm not about this. He'll come back with with the energy. And you're like, oh, no, but he does like me because he wouldn't like me if he wasn't doing this. Mm-hmm. And then that cycle just keeps going on and on and on. And then before you know it... You and I think the key with that is that he doesn't leave you alone. Like Ever. When, you, when you start returning... It's always energy, you that has exactly, to leave at the end. At the end. Like, you are just like, He'll just continue giving that Yeah, no. And as soon as you start returning the same nonchalant energy, that's when they're like, oh... Okay, there she is. You know, okay. Like, if they don't message you and you're like, okay, I, I'm not gonna I'm look not for gonna you either. You. And then he's calling you, you every night. And then he'll send you flowers and be like, oh, that's so sweet. And then when you're back on top of him, he's just like, hey, one word replies. I'm so busy. Crazy. Wild, right? But overall, what has your experience? Um, with the impact of money in dating or your married life been so far? I would say Nama for dating and Nash. Obviously. I mean... So, your experience with the impact of money in general, like, has it been something, a bone of contention in relationships or has it never really come up or... I'm going to say, I think it's a personal bone of contention. Mm-hmm. 
Because um, I don't think it's something that I might, I will always have a conversation about. Sometimes I will have a conversation about it. Other times, not so much. Um, depending on, the, I guess, the severity of the issue. But I think I've also realized, I think I'm like you, where I think I have been conditioned to expect certain things of a man, even if I'm perfectly capable of doing them myself. So if I'm, I am able to pay for dates, but if I'm there and I'm like, I've paid for 60% of these dates. Hey. Mm. Hey. And, and I think there was definitely a part, there was a point in my life where I was like, well, no, but like, it should be fair because why should, why should I expect that you, you know, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, no, it's particularly when you're dating because um, I think at, there was a time when I was dating somebody older and more established than me. But at some point, I was paying for quite a lot of the dates. And I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> a whole senior citizen. <laughs> this isn't, there's something wrong here. <laughs> wait, were you a student at this time? Yes. And, so, and, and someone with a job. This man was a full nine years older than me. He oh, was a grown man. He was a grown he man. He was a grown man. Age for hectic. And I was the one, like, not necessarily paying for dates, but there were times that I was, like, lending him money. And I was like, why am I managing oh, my money no, better no. than you? Right? But it also made me realize, like, it made me very resentful. Mm. Um, even though it's like he would always pay the money back, um, it would come with interest. Um, but it was, it just, for me, I was genuinely sitting down and like thinking to myself, like, you're a grown ass man. Why are you expecting your student girlfriend to be able to lend you money? And, Mm -hmm. and also for me, I think it was just like, why can I manage my small, small money Mm -hmm. a lot better than where you are making 20 times the amount that Mm -hmm. I get every month, Mm -hmm. but you, you can't, you are so bad at managing it that you're coming after my little money. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I was like, this is not a man. This is not a real man. And I never said it out loud, but it was something that genuinely really started to, like, sit and fester. And I was just, it would just be so off-putting. Yeah. Where, like, he would say certain things, and I would just be like, my God. Yeah. (laughs) What was that? Like, I was just so frustrated in that relationship, specifically because of finances, because I was just like, this can't be, Mm. this can't be life. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't think I have a financial story. I not like, necessarily financial, like but I just saying like, I like feeling like I've earned my keep. And I, I have, have my sister to blame because I remember her calling me a gold digger. I don't even know why. Because <laughs> like if we, if we if we look at my dating options, where's the gold? <laughs> where's the gold I'm digging? Where's the gold? You know? So I don't know, maybe I was proving it to myself or to her that I'm not a gold digger. Because mm-hmm. I remember dating um this kid, he lied about me, but his age. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I was about to say, it, why is he being referred to as a kid? He was a kid. <laughs> because I mean, when he was telling a story, I'm just like, you said matric when? <laughs> 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 like his, his glory days were just seeming too recent. They looked like too soon. Mm-hmm. Like, no, sorry, when was that? <laughs> when did mm-hmm. you score that try? <laughs> 
And that, that song was like last week. And that was the song that I was playing. That must have been last you know? week. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm, I already liked him when I figured out that he's like, what, five or six years younger than me. But it was like, okay, so now I'm a cougar, fine. And I absolutely had no problem, guys, taking him home from work. When we're on lunch, I'm buying lunch. Like, it was, it was me. It was mm. me. He would do his own things in his own way. I genuinely did not have a problem with it. I can tell you now, it was not the financials that ended that situation mm. so i don't i don't think it was like a major factor for me but again when you now were wanting to make it a com a, a, a permanent thing you know like a long-term thing mm-hmm. it's definitely something that you have to you have to factor in so in our marriage um Obviously, he pays for most of the things, but I will tell you now, it eats away at me. It eats away at me that I can't do the same. I would love to do the same. Guys, when I make it, whenever that'll be, I'm calling you out on your broke days, specifically where I'm like, in the middle of the month, they don't got no money. <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy it. Like, I think I'm a giver. So... But that sounds like it's more, it's not specific to romantic relationships. That's just your general personality. Yeah, but then it like filters into my romantic mm. relationship. I see, I see what Because you mean. even though they're the ones expected to pay, I don't mind going half and half on a date. I don't mind even paying for the whole date if mm. you can. Like, I enjoyed, oh yeah, maybe if I didn't enjoy my time with you, fucking pay. Okay. Pay the fucking shit. Yeah. If I enjoy my time with you, yeah. I will pay. So when my husband does these grand gestures and stuff, like it's always such pressure. When it's his birthday, because I know he does the most. He always does the most on my birthdays. And it just doesn't sit right with me that I have to ask him for money to do something for him, right? Mm. So if it's like a couple of months even prior to his birthday and I've got money, I am saving that money because I want to do something amazing. For my person, we're not just about cooking and sex and that's your gift. No, I honestly always feel like we can do more. So mm. I don't know whether it's a feminist thing or it's just like a personality thing, but I don't mind 50-50. Okay. Look at you. I have a question. I'm just like, okay, apart from 50-50, do you think you would mind if you were doing the bulk of the work because i was talking to my best friend the other day and she was telling me a story about one of her co-workers and he's dating someone who's um, about to qualify as a ca Mm. so at the moment he's making a little bit more than she is Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if they're living together or what but they have like a joint account or a savings account or something or there's an account that they put money into Mm. And where they pay, I think they must be living together actually, because mm-hmm. they pay the bills and mm-hmm. then they split the money 50 50. Mm. Kim is already <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. and this is at a point where yeah. he's making more right but he, they still split the money 50 50 mm. but she's the one who actually came up with the suggestion knowing very well that in a couple of months she's going to qualify as a ca and her her income is about to shoot up yes right yes yeah, and she and he was so she was asking this co-worker like okay so when she is making more like how much more do you think it was like a significant amount right and 
but when it comes to like the way they're going to split the money, even if it's a situation where she's putting in 75% and he's putting in 25 and they pay the bills, when it now comes to splitting the money after that, it's still going to be 50-50. Something is wrong. To answer your in question, that I wouldn't mind paying if I'm the one making more. Like if I'm, it makes sense. But like I'm in this situation, okay. So, but what's wrong in this but situation? I, I, because she is the one making more. You can see what's wrong in this situation. How is it equal when he's the one making more? Okay, I, I'll just say here's why I glitch fifty-fifty. <laughs> okay, because I think especially when you're in a heterosexual situation, as a woman, inherently you're doing more emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Just That's because true. you cannot put a monetary value on that. I feel like we cannot continue going on as if that's not a factor. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, and not just emotional so labor. I yeah. just, just went off in my head. Even logistical labor. Yeah. <laughs> like in a household, nine times out of ten, the girl, people that know what is happening in girl, that house, preach. what bills need to be paid, what grade yeah. the school the kids are in, who the doctor yeah. is, what diseases they've been vaccinated for. Ask a man that nine times out of ten, nothing. Just so I, I understand that it's hard to put like a value on it, right? But then where I get issues with fifty fifty is that if I'm if I've done the work to put like okay, I don't mind someone paying for me because I'm not a commodity. I mean, I I don't mind paying my share because I'm mm-hmm. not a commodity. Blah blah blah. You know, cancel lobola, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. If I've done the work to recondition myself, to look at you not as a provider, but as a human being who should not be taken Mm -hmm. advantage of, you should do the emotional work to look at me as more than a caregiver. Mm Do you know what I mean? Yes. Mm -hmm. As more than just labor, whether it's physical, you know, taking care of the house, or whether it's emotional labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because we can't put a price tag on that, that's where I have issues with like 50. Because not only am I giving you my money, you know on top what? of it, I'm giving you my emotions. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you, like, I'm the one figuring things out. Because I'm holding shit down. I'm holding, yeah. I'm holding down the down. Floor. Like I'm holding the household together. Mm-hmm. Because as much as, you know, men had the final say on when, if, we're going to be in a relationship. He has to ask me out. Mm-hmm. Um, when we want to get married, he has to propose. A big part is when the woman checks out, we need to acknowledge that that's the end of the relationship. Because <laughs> the true. man can check out. And if the woman wants to stay, guess that what? Relationship that will relationship keep going. will probably persist <laughs> a little bit longer, quite possibly more than it should. And this that is not relationship like, might even end in marriage. It sometimes. might even end in marriage because... <laughs> Like, not in, you know, super toxic or domestic violence situations. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if you're in a bad situation, leave, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, a lot of the time where a woman will be like, okay, I'm going to stay in this relationship. We're going to date for eight years. And when he's ready to get married, we're going to get married. But that's a woman making a conscious decision to stay in that situation. Because if she decides that I'm going to be out, regardless of who, you know, initiates the breakup, that relationship ended a little as bit soon of as one, she as, as soon as she made that decision. As soon as she made that That's decision, true. because and if you know he happens to end it and she still has feelings from it for him, for some reason a man always knows or men tend to always know when they could just like 
slide back, back in. Slide back in. <laughs> they have a, there's a, there's a sixth sense, I'm convinced, yeah. that men can feel when you're about to move on. Like, yeah. you're not quite over them, but you're just about to get there. Oh, yeah. And that's when they and come that's back. When it's the breadcrumbing, because he'll be able to tell as soon as... Oh, no. We go back to that. As soon as he feels like, oh, she's losing interest, okay, I need to Let come me back do more. and do more. <laughs> and maybe this, I'll propose, or maybe say we can move in or whatever. Mm. But I do think we do a Something. lot of, like, mental gymnastics to stay in a situation. Like me with the birthday thing. I did so many mental gymnastics to be like... To make it okay. Okay, but it's fine because W, X, Y, Z. But it, mm. in hindsight, it wasn't okay. I yeah. think that's where I get frustrated because yeah. I feel like I'm putting an effort in your field, the provider field. Like I'm trying, yeah. to, I'm trying to match your energy. And then in my field, you're just like, it's your field. Like I remember when I went home and I came back. He told me he had cleaned, and I was so impressed. I was like, oh, my God, even the kettle, because we've got one of those glass ones. I mean, mm-hmm. the kettle, I can see the water clearly. <laughs> <laughs> the toaster is clean. You know, just yeah. random things that I wouldn't expect you to think that that needs cleaning are yeah. clean. Only to find out, he went and got somebody. <laughs> he was like, he but went, it's clean, isn't it? He went and paid somebody to do that. And I'm just like, you know, can you appreciate when I do it? If you fail to do it, just the one week that I was away, you just fail to do it can you appreciate that i do this on a regular basis right Mm. like can you can you acknowledge that this is work so why are we not meeting each other somewhere if Mm. i am trying in what would be seen as your field you know true and i mean it is work because if you're if you're able to put enough to put a monetary value to be like, yeah. this is something worth paying somebody else for. <laughs> you need to actually acknowledge Thank that you. I, in in it, I am giving monetary value exactly. into this relationship, even if I'm not actually being given money, because that's something you are willing to pay mm-hmm. someone else to do. Exactly, it's hard being his piece. Tenth of October can not come soon enough. I think it's like if it just comes like what I like what you said, where you're like, if you're not. Entering, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to enter your field, and you're quite happy to let me to just let me just try do and pick everything up the pieces, in mind. Yeah. But you don't realize that where or acknowledge that mm. on my side, are you putting things together? Are you trying mm. to pick up the pieces? So let's not leave it at that though. He has improved oh, yeah, after yeah. the dinner party when okay. I came back from work. The house was looking decent. <laughs> Speaking Spanish, he's not at that level yet. But he's trying, he's getting there. Like, he washed the dishes, which were the bulk of the mess. And I'm just like, I don't want to gush at things that I feel like he should be doing. Because I know how much of an effort it is for him to do it. And he did it. Yeah. Just Mm. let him know about, well done, baby. Well done. Thank you, baby. I mean, it's our house, it's our dishes. We made the mess, but yeah. Thank you, baby. So, yeah. Is there room now for conservative, quote-unquote, feminine roles Ah, in relationships. Because, okay, (laughs) so the role is the man is the provider, the woman is the caregiver, right? Mm. And because we're going through, like, a weird shift where women are finding their voices, feminism is taking root, sometimes not in in, in a great way, and that women are just, I don't know, man, the pygmy culture is not... Or you get a lot of different companies that are co-opting or different, you know, capital systems that are mm. co-opting feminist language to reinforce these conservative roles. Mm. Then you get a lot of men who will listen to people like 
Shadaya or Ugh. Andrew Tate or whatever because they're like, we can't stand women who are like this, 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 and this. We want this kind of woman. I can have multiple, I can have multiple, you know, girlfriends or wives. We have multiple women. Oh. Basically, any oh. man with a microphone in front of him just defund men with podcasts (laughs) just to spew any kind of nonsense do you think now that there's any room for that conservative like those conservative feminist roles with in your dating experience with how things are going not in personally speaking as an individual because i know there's somebody that's going to come for this Mm -hmm. absolutely not Mm -hmm. just because I think I'm now more aware, like just literally the conversation that we just had about how much more that I'm bringing to the table apart from just money. Mm -hmm. So if I'm also bringing money, we can't now make me be the only one that's taking up the feminine roles. You You are not about to make me pay 50-50 and I do, and you are not, but I'm doing all the cleaning. Mm -hmm. I'm doing all the caretaking of the kids. I'm doing all the logistics and you come home from work at the same time I do and sit on your ass. No. Mm. It is not. That is not how I'm gonna move. Yes. I'm sorry. No, uh, it's just. It's not fair. Mm. It's not okay. fair because mm. if you if you want to patriarch, patriarch with patriarch money, yes, and do it properly. And most men don't want to do that. But even apart from that, I don't think I would actually want to be in that kind of situation. Mostly because I don't trust any man enough to do that. Because a man will wake up today and have five children and say, I'm leaving, five yeah. side children yeah. and say, I'm leaving you. And you were there sitting comfortably on your ass. Mm. There's, no, <laughs> there's absolutely no room. Like, things are changing mm. so, so much. People need to adapt or die. Mm. Um, my friend's dad, um, he doesn't have a wife. So he's just going through a series of girlfriends, just like different girlfriends every couple of months, right? And because he is of that mentality by a provider, right? Mm. Um, literally, I cannot fault him on providing. I cannot fault him on providing. He will biannually give his children money to go clothes shopping because he knows that's what they need. The house always has groceries, whether he gives them money or he does them himself. Like, he provides. There is nothing that they lack right Mm -hmm. but on the emotional aspect the caregiver aspect he's hurting those children Mm -hmm. he is hurting those children i would almost much rather that he was playing the role the mother would play on the kids because they've got so many issues they've just got Mm -hmm. so many issues so many daddy issues so many trust issues because he's in his eyes he he, he's doing everything he needs to do because he's providing. They're not going to bed hungry. They're not looking like street kids. Like, they, they, they're they okay in that department. So what happens in a situation where the mother is no longer in the picture for whatever reason, and you've got kids that are your responsibility to also provide that responsibility for and your girlfriends are not even consistent enough to be in their lives long enough to fulfill that role Mm. so like as a man not even just for that for a relationship just for your children like how how are you how are you not trying to 
to to occupy that that lack mm. that space mm. for your kids not mm. just for a relationship just for your kids so that they can have a wholesome upbringing mm. you know mm. so there's absolutely no room for it not mm. only for me but if should anything happen to me i need to be hey guys i worry when i leave i'm just like make sure you give him water fresh water every day this is the job by the way <laughs> so well, the day yeah. he likes avocados he likes jam bread don't just give him his dog treats they, yeah. they get annoying for him you know yeah. like i need to feel secure enough that should i be absent for any reason you can fulfill mm. the roles mm. you can fulfill mm. the role so no there's no room for for for, for none of that mm. you need to be able to do everything mm-hmm. it's about being a well-rounded individual exactly mm-hmm. just be awesome i think so yeah i completely agree with that because um for me the way i see it is I've seen it in my own family, um, my own nuclear family, where we've gone through, I think, all the phases of traditional roles to Mm. being a very liberal, less traditional kind of family structure. So, And I really credit my parents for a lot of these things, and a really big kudos to my dad, who over time has taken up more and more of the profession, I mean, not professional, sorry, (laughs) the emotional burden and Mm. building relationship with us as his children Mm. although that's come a little bit later in life because i mean growing up he was definitely the provider definitely very close off Mm. the structure that we he was the figure that we feared and um he was also able to use you know his financial provider role to keep us in line Mm. so when i was younger it was like oh, can I go out for New Year's? And he didn't like that I was going out for New Year's. He's like, okay, you can go, but I'm not giving you any money. And you'd be there like, <laughs> well, so how am I going to go out? I'm <laughs> obviously not going out so then. I'm not going to go out because you're the one who's supposed to, you know? <laughs> um, so there was a lot of that going on, which is fine. Um, I mean, no, it's not. No, it's not fine. But like, there was a lot of that. But what I'm saying is now, having grown, having grown up um, and... You know, with things happening, he's definitely gotten to know us as individuals, not just as kids, yeah. um, but as individuals. And now we have a very completely different relationship where I'm able to share emotional things with my dad. I'm able to share things and, you know, expect that he'll respond in not from a technical or mm-hmm. caregiver way, but from a, I really hear what you're feeling, you know. And like I as a person. As a person. I remember one time, I think it was like a year ago after I'd been in therapy for a while, and I talked to my dad about a time where he didn't want to get me um, an expensive dress for my phone floor dance, right? Um, and so when I was 16, I wanted, I think it was like an $80 dress. And he was like, no, that's like expensive. You can get a cheaper dress, but I wanted that specific dress. And it was, it caused so much drama. And what it made me feel growing up was that I wasn't worth those things like I had to mm. do I had to pass school I had to do all of these things to get a reward exactly I'd have to earn it I couldn't just get a dress because it was my dance and you know celebrating mm-hmm. that kind of thing was not a big deal and it's something I carried with me and so all these years later like 10 years later I'm talking to my dad I'm like you know that time <laughs> in that store with that dress that really hurt me and he was like I'm really sorry and then went on to explain you know, in his mind, it was in Sim, 2008 had just happened. This was in 2010, so 2008 had just happened. 
all he's concerned about is our family's financial security in every way, shape, or form. Yeah, we're gonna be spending eighty dollars. So I don't on a dress. have I don't have eighty dollars to spend on a dress that you're probably only gonna wear once. Mm-hmm. You know, because his whole thing was like, you know, I need to protect and provide not just for my nuclear family, but the extended family as well. Mm-hmm. Was putting a lot of pressure on my parents as the wealthier parents, mm-hmm. or and my dad was the eldest son of the family. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. So he's like, all of that was going on in my head, and this little person is telling me I want an $80 dress um, which at that point in time for me I was just like so he was a person going through whatever he felt I was a person going through whatever I felt but I'm really grateful that all those years later we're able to sit down and have a genuine like human to human conversation exactly and I was able to let that traumatic experience kind of go because I have an appreciation of where he was, but I also appreciate that he understood where I was coming from mm-hmm. and didn't dismiss it like what you're saying. Didn't wasn't like an emotionless father, but we were able to mm-hmm. to talk that out. I understand that's not the case for a lot of people, but yeah. um, I think in my head that's where I'm like, there's no room for masculine and feminine. There's no room no, because if I'm going to therapy and I'm like, yo, it's your toxic masculinity that got me here. Mm-hmm. I'm also not going to want to bring that into my household. Well, yes. I'm going to try not to bring it into my household. Mm. Mm. And if my person does, I have no, I don't have the same societal pressures about divorce. Mm. Like, I'm kind of just like, well, then I'll leave. Mm. You know what I mean? Yo, I'll leave. I'll leave. And for our mothers, grandmothers, that, that was not an option. option. So I, I honestly don't think there's room for that because it's, the more we're getting, you know, open about talking about mental health and mental illness, if I meet a guy and he's like, yo, I only love my kid if they are heterosexual or I could never love an autistic kid or whatever I'm like mm. so we can't we're not, not on the same la- wavelength and when we can't actually mm. date because there's no way at this possibly no way I can change your mind yeah. but I would hate to think that there's a child if we were to have children mm. plural there's one of our child that you love a little less because they don't meet your, your, expectations. your expectations of what a child is supposed to be like uh, when imagine. men share those videos like oh, I can't wait to be a dad so I can do wrestling things with my kid uh, I'm like what, what if your child, child doesn't like that internet what are you looking forward to about fatherhood then? Mm. Like, please tell me. If you watch wrestling and your kids are like, no, I'd rather do this not or about do that, it. not about it. What are you going to do? Mm. You know? So what do we do, guys? <laughs> it's, I think it's you so keep hard. Waiting. Do you know what I think someone. the hardest thing is, particularly when you're dating, mm. um, is I think in this new woke um, atmosphere a lot of men are sort of learning what they're supposed to say. So you'll go on a date with someone or you have a conversation with somebody. And if you're having like a very obvious conversation about feminism or gender roles or homosexuality or anything that is, or abortion or anything that is potentially controversial, you will get the right answers you will be like okay this is someone that seems progressive mm-hmm. um and i'm saying this from experience because there's somebody who i was um seeing and they they seemed fairly open right like we would have so, like very obvious conversations and i'll be like okay no okay we seem to be on the same wavelength and then we would have like other conversations where these things would come in but in a very nuanced sense um in a very sort of sideways like it's not the direct topic and it was in those moments that I would be like, okay, this you are saying 
what you thought I wanted to hear mm-hmm. because you know the type of person that I am and what my beliefs are. So you were just saying what you wanted to say to match it. Wanna trap a bitch. Exactly. Because then all of a sudden, like certain things were coming out of this man's mouth and I was just like From where? Huh. It's like a complete 360, yeah? It's like okay. A and I think what fascinated me was the fact that because it's such a learned... <laughs> res- like, they've just literally learned this response. Mm. It, it doesn't actually occur to them that this carries forth into other conversations. Mm. <laughs> like, it's, it's not... It doesn't stay it doesn't in stay this stay one like little this. box. You need yeah. to be able to adapt it, it to other... To other things, maybe exactly. similar, but not And because it was something situation. they genuinely didn't believe in, they were not able to actually carry it forth in yeah. other situations. Situations and move it forth. Where when you're now having this conversation, you're like, okay, so that's actually how you really think. Yeah. Because when I've now had this conversation with you and we're talking about this in that particular way, because I'm not asking you directly what do you think about gender roles, but mm. we've somehow gotten into gender roles in a conversation about some like it might even have been gossip, mm. right? And now you are saying what you actually think, and it's like, oh, mm, I see, you, I see, you, I see, you. I see you, <laughs> and I think that's the thing that is just very a little bit frustrating for me Mm. because I feel like you will find yourself wasting time on people that seem pretended to be something like they are what you the type of person Mm. that you want to be when they're actually not Mm. I was getting that from my husband as well I was getting that from my husband as well and I think I don't know what happened it was the Mason Greenwood thing Mm. that made me put my foot down with him and that Harriet situation. Mm. I don't remember exactly what he said, but I was so angry as though I was mm. I was Harriet in that situation. Mm. I was so mad. I'm like, if we had a spare room with a bed right now, I would that. not be sleeping with you mm. because that is not an okay thing to think. Mm. That is not an okay thing to say. And if that is your mentality towards this particular conversation which actually just translates in you being a person that just thinks this way, then we can actually get an annulment because you presented yourself to be something that you're actually not. Mm. And I think it was from then that he realized, bah, this bitch ain't playing. And also that he needs to unlearn certain things because it's also important to just have a partner who's just willing mm. to, to change the way mm. of thinking mm. and to just adapt like I said earlier, because we can't change how a person grew up, right? Yeah. But if they are prepared to do the work, you know, prepared to see things differently, mm. then that's something that I can work with. But if you're going to just be that person, you're not willing to change your mind, you've just got blinders on you about a certain topic, then I'm not there for it. It was from there that he realized, well, no. No, I need to do work. I'm like, you may not be prepared to go to therapy, but I'm not tolerating A, B, and C, right? Mm-hmm. And what had happened? It was something so small. Um, there was a cockroach, right? Mm-hmm. I'm so afraid of cockroaches. It makes mm-hmm. no sense, right? I'm afraid of spiders too, but I'll kill a spider. They're more yeah. annoying more than yeah. anything. But a cockroach, I'm not going near it. Go do it, right? So a cockroach, I saw it go under the stove. And I'm just like, please kill it. I literally switched off everything that was on the stove. Mm. I'm trying to burn. I'm like, please go find it. And it's like, Nash, it's just a cockroach. I'm like, listen, you don't have to understand why I'm afraid of it. 
literally just know that i am just, it's, and act just on know that. that i am and act on it yeah. because you were screaming like a little girl here when there was a snake and i killed it for you okay even though it was a house snake it's not even poisonous could have just lived in this house without bothering anybody it's not even big enough to eat pickles but i handled that for you mm-hmm. so i'm afraid of this thing don't 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 act like it's like nothing mm-hmm. please and it was from that day on i saw the energy that he moved with when it came to things that he didn't necessarily understand why this is an issue, but it is an issue. So I don't want to be completely closed off to people who think a certain way, but if they show signs of being malleable or being Mm -hmm. open to a new way of thinking or being open to the way things are changing right now, then Mm -hmm. that's also, that's also a way forward. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, I like that a lot. (laughs) And it actually made me think about, yo guys, People of entertainment. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it made me also think oh, of... Uh, you need to write a book. I need to write a book for sure. But it made me think of like a situation where I was with this guy who, when it came to sexuality and all that kind of stuff, very open-minded, mm. right? But when it came to cultural roles, traditional and everything, very close-minded. And whenever we would have, like, arguments... It's like you're dealing with two different people, yeah? two different people. And when you were dealing with arguments and all that kind of stuff, you'd be, like, very aggressive with his language and be like, oh, your mind is so this, you're brainwashed, you're colonized, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just there, like, make it make sense. And then I realized <laughs> that, no, with this human, what they're concerned about is what they can get out of all of the things that they're into. And they are more concerned about what they can absorb from me and not necessarily what I can get from them. So I'm still this provider, no matter how open they appear to be, because they're open in this one aspect, but they're not in another, Mm. which kind of corrupts both things, because you're not concerned about me, actually. Mm. You're just more concerned about yourself and getting as much out of me emotionally, as well as physically, as well as everything. And it was really like such a conundrum to try to unpack because you're like, how can these two people exist at the same time? Mm. And really they can because someone can be a peer, like what you're saying, they can mm. co-opt the language. Mm. And they may in some instances be open-minded, but I realized that they're open-minded as to far as it's advantageous to them. Yeah. Mm. And so that means they're actually quite the opposite because yeah. they're just concerned. Yeah, so they'll be all about, yeah, you yeah, you want to be a feminist? 50-50, okay. yeah. Because right, yeah. he's not spending he's not as spending much as he would. Yeah. Exactly, he's actually saving. But so then when it comes to another thing where that extends into it, all of a sudden... Wait, now he needs to do some work. Mm. Oh, no. No. All right, so my final question for y'all is what does the future of dating look like to you <laughs> and I let me just put this disclaimer on all the episodes that I've done so far that I've recorded so far I've asked people what does the future of our specific topic look like to you given everything that we've spoken about and why I'm particularly asking this question is because there's so much that's changing and there's so much about our circumstances that is impacting the way we view and see things and some people have given like pretty pragmatic answers like oh it looks like this this and this um because you know people don't have money so a lot of people will be wanting to do remote work for example right so for this why i'm asking this question is because everything we've talked about are things that you think about every day it's how you're moving in these streets well at least for nama and i but it's how we're moving in these streets and how like now, for me, like if I was to answer the question, 
I feel like I can't just meet somebody. There's so many boxes that need to be ticked. And it's not even from like a wish list, like, oh, I think a man should be this, this, and this. But I am more comfortable, more aware of who I am and what I want. And I just want to get over the nonsense quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no energy to be taken on any more rides. Mm -hmm. I have no energy (laughs) to be taken on any more rides. Louder for the people at the back. (laughs) So, for me, what it looks like is just like, you know, I'll be more women would be or should be more assertive women should be less malleable to like compromising to bending over backwards because the times when i have compromised my values for the sake of being in a relationship i'm still single the times when i didn't have to compromise my values it was great it just didn't work out Mm -hmm. so having experienced all of these things what the future looks like to me is just like well i know who i am i know what i want and i'm going to i guess pursue exactly what it is i want out of a relationship and not really be like oh i'm open to anything or oh i'm ready to do this because i've done a lot of compromising in my time and when i think about it it's a little bit embarrassing that i identify as a feminist and i've done wxyz it's very embarrassing i'm not gonna lie but i also understand that when i was in that situation i wasn't thinking of i was more thinking of being chosen my social conditioning was what was taking over more so than my value system and what I believed in and it took me a while to get to a point where just because I did you know all of this backbreaking doesn't make me less of a feminist doesn't make me less of um, a person or a woman who knows their value Mm. it's just that it takes a while to unlearn certain things and different things bring out Mm. that aspect of me. And I'd be lying if I said that the idea of being a wife and being chosen and all those kinds of things aren't great to me because they are, obviously. But like, I, I guess I'm grateful for my bad experiences because it's always like, guys, at what cost? And I've seen the absolute cost is literally compromising myself, compromising my value, but also compromising like my character. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not a cool girl and I'm not going to be cool girl for anybody because I'm not. I'm awkward and demanding (laughs) and feeling like touchy feely, Mm. you know what Mm. I mean? So yeah, that, that's where I see like the future of dating for me personally. I think the thing I'm willing to compromise on the most is having like fully black kids. Like if someone who's not black mm. wants to come in the picture, that's not a deal maker for me. That's yeah. not even a it's not compromise. It's just like a plus. For some people, it is a compromise. That's just, that is, an, it is what it is. It is what it is, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's just an example. The older I've gotten, the more experiences I've gotten, the more I've learned myself. Um, and I think there are certain things that I thought I could compromise on that I've realized I can't compromise on. I know myself better. I know my worth better. Mm. Um, and there are just certain things that I can just immediately see that maybe other people would see and be like that, but that's something so small. And I'll be like, but that speaks to a bigger issue. Mm. And I'm not willing to even like go into that because I've experienced that and I know how that work played out for me in the long run and it was terribly toxic for me and mm. I'm not trying to do that again. I know better. I've mm. learned from my mistakes. Mm-hmm. And why that's daunting is because 
when I'm dating now, I think I'm a lot pickier. Mm. And as much as I want to be chosen, I'm also at a place where I want to choose you as well. It's mm. not just about what can I give you. I'm also looking at what can you give me. Mm. What type of person are you? What kind of husband are you going to be? Because I'm not going to sit here and lie and be like, well, I'm just, just here for fun and games. Because at this point, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I can be seeing someone, and it is fun and games. But if I'm going to enter an actual relationship with you, it's going to be with somebody that I actually see some kind of future with, some mm-hmm. kind of compatibility with. Mm-hmm. And because of that, the boxes that I'm ticking or the things that I'm looking for are completely different mm-hmm. to the things that I was looking for when I was younger. Or the things that I'm looking for with people that I'm just kicking it with. Like, it's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's hard. Mm-hmm. Because men are not. There's not a lot of good men to pick from. Preach. And a lot of the good ones are taken. Yeah. So you're having to now filter through a lot of mess. And it's just, it's a lot. Mm. We are in the trenches. Yo, the ghetto. We are in the trenches. So it's very daunting because it's just like, I just, I don't, I really don't like being in the ghetto like this. Mm -mm. But I'm also not going to compromise and be with somebody just for the sake of being Mm -hmm. in a relationship. It's a dust settles. Queens don't. At the end of the day, (laughs) you're just going to be unhappy. And it's not, a relationship is never worth that. Mm. Nash, what do you have to say for all the single gals? What advice? In this <laughs> you know, in this as, as the married woman of the as group. As the married woman of the group, who we pay homage to because you know you're the wife. You're you're the one with the title. You are the one who, whose parents, people's yeah. parents, are they like? But why is she why hanging is out she, with y'all? Why is she hanging out with y'all? Like, why can't you be more like this one? You was married. <laughs> um, I think what I can say is I hope. The future of dating for y'all. <laughs> um, I want you guys to be able to get past all these boxes you want to be ticked. I'm not saying don't have standards, okay? Mm. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes you can be missing out on such a genuine soul because they don't look like what you would expect that genuine soul to look like. They don't sound like what I remember. The most shallowest thing I've ever heard from my friend, honey, I'm calling you out. She says, I cannot be with someone who says, please pass the salt. <laughs> Not salt. Not salt. It's salt. It's salt. It's salt. It's salt. Okay. And this was when she was looking for like a metric dance date oh that's that i cannot i cannot he just sounds weird he Mm -hmm. sounds like the type to be like please pass the salt you know and so my hope and my wish for you is even though this package doesn't come wrapped the way you would expect it to be there's just something in y'all that wants to just give it a chance explore Mm -hmm. more but also, somehow, it's really like a balancing act, mm-hmm. not at your expense. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not compromising too much. You're not, you're not losing too much of yourself to try explore more of what this is. Because, understand this, when you meet someone for the first time, they're presenting the best possible versions of themselves. 
Okay. That's the scary part, though. <laughs> I was about yeah, to say. Yeah, I think that's the best you can like, do. <laughs> like, because you know, and also for you, you're not going to just rock up in your comfortable self. You're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. No offense. Like, this is, this is cute, but for home. You know, you're not gonna go there looking like this. Although this is what you're gonna be seeing on a day to day of the time. Like you, you, you need to be able to get past all of those most of the time unrealistic, dreamy boxes mm. that you need to be ticked to find mm-hmm. like a really genuine soul. And I feel like that's mostly why all my exes or all the people I've been through with. Um, <laughs> Are, they, they, they just have nothing in common. They have absolutely nothing in common because it, 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 I just found a way to look past whatever mm. what I was seeing initially to look at what's inside. Because as much as you would love to have someone who is ticking all your boxes, he's making money, he's rich, he treats me like this, he's progressive, you know, it's very unrealistic. It's very unrealistic. You just need to be able to accept a box. Let's call them boxes. You accept a box that, you know, you know, the clay is malleable, you know? It's it's not already set in stone. Still a wet. I can just mold it the way I want, you know? It's, it's workable with, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's 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 what I'm hoping the future of dating looks like for y'all because guys, do you know how diamonds start? <laughs> you would not give that coal a second look. look. So I really just hope that you are able to just look past some of the things. Don't ignore the red flags. Obviously, if something is a no, it's a no. Mm. But if it's like an just be willing to just dip your feet in the water and see what it has to offer. Mm-hmm. Obviously. You know, every time we link up and chat, I always wish I'm just like, can I just put in a microphone? I like to just put just a microphone put in the middle yeah. there. there. In the middle. <laughs> you only to hear this. This genuinely feels like any of the conversations we would have yeah. on any given day. <laughs> a little bit less heated, though. Sometimes. <laughs> a, lot less, a lot less heated. Questions. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. Really Thank it. you for having us once again. We're looking forward to, to the next time. For season the next four. season. What, what we're, in season we're in season four. We're going into season five. <laughs> Can't wait for whatever we back for of next course. as resident co-broadcasters. We're just, we're just putting it out here. You're going to keep hearing us. Yeah. We don't care what it's about. You keep finding us on this podcast. Some way, somehow. <laughs> always. Like I've always said, guys, this is the show. Eventually, we're just going to get to a point where... When I get enough money, shout out to the PayPal. When I get enough money for the PayPal. <laughs> I feel like if anybody gets a relationship that's like sustainable, whether it leads to marriage or yeah. forever lifelong partnership, and it was a result of whatever you got from this, you need send to a pay PayPal. Us. And not, and not PayPal. a $2 PayPal. No, 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 it must no. be Please. something. Like that's only enough for one shot. So if we can get some more. Mm-hmm. For so one person. Eventually, when we have five or six microphones, oh. a whole bunch of cameras around, and amazing lighting. <laughs> I just won't be able to do this alone. So, yeah. Thank you so much, guys. You're most welcome. Thank you. And that is the episode. A huge, huge thank you and shout out once again to Nama and Nash. Thank you so much for joining me on the platform, for being so candid, honest, and vulnerable. I 
appreciate your insights and it's always such a great time having you here so thank you thank you thank you and of course thank you the listener thank you for tuning in thank you for being so patient with the content um we're back on a regular production schedule so i'm confidently saying we will be back next week but for now i would love to hear your points of view what does the future of dating look like for you in this economy please what are the economics of dating that are impacting your life i would love to hear from you so please do engage with us on social media once again we are at in this economy podcast on instagram and i your host at kimia jenga on twitter i'm ready to engage ready for the smoke if something particularly problematic was said um whatever it is i love hearing from you i love engaging and thank you so much shout out to everyone who has continued to support and contribute to the paypal i really appreciate it i'm obviously working on better payment platforms but it's just getting harder these days to get random money from people into zimbabwe or anywhere else has anyone been experiencing the same issues and how are you going about it i appreciate any insight on a real I really would appreciate any insight because yeah growing the platform youtube is coming stay posted engage with us on social media and i will check you next week <laughs>